0: And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2 C. It's time to talk finance with Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Good afternoon. Mate, how we doing? So far, so good. But yep. I tell you what, you know, it's Friday afternoon. We're in yep. the home stretch. There's still time for everything to fall down in a crashing heap, so I don't want to jinx it yet.
1: Correct. Look, I'm with you. <laughs> and after the week we've had trying to get contributions ready...
0: Well, yes, and here we go. Uh, Mm. It is the 19th of June now, so we're not only approaching the end of the week, we're also approaching the end of the financial year very, very soon. And this has been a sort of a continuing topic for the last Mm. couple of weeks, things to do in preparation for the 30th Mm. of June. Today, we're looking at what you need to get ready for your accountant in July. Well, number one, you need to get ready for your accountant, your checkbook, so that you can pay his invoice.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, it depends on the accountant. You might be paying it periodically, (laughs) So the the damage at 30 June doesn't feel as bad because they've clipped the ticket along the way or get them to take it out of the refund. And then in your head, you can feel like you didn't pay anything. So, yeah, look, today's pretty, you know, it's a bit lighthearted. Some of the other topics we've had of late have been pretty heavy going. So I thought we'd have a bit of a giggle about this one and just sort of touch on the things that that people can start getting to ready and also ways to make sure that going forwards in July, you can try and be a little bit more efficient if this time of year is a bit of an angst trying to pull receipts and shoeboxes and plastic bags of stuff together and pulling again, you know, receipts with chewing gum between them and mm. I know accountants love getting handed that stuff, so.
0: Now I know you like to make fun of the good old-fashioned shoebox, but I find mm. the old-fashioned shoebox is actually really useful. Uh, it's not great for keeping things organised, but it's pretty good for keeping them safe, secure, all in the one spot and then when the time comes you can methodically go through them and sort them all out and make sense of it all.
1: Yeah, look, big fan of the shoebox, provided everything gets in the shoebox. Mm-hmm. I find it's, oh whoops, I didn't have that one and unless that one in my jeans and my missus, she washed this one. And my husband, he did this and that got ripped up in his pants. And, you know, I think there's plenty of that going on that, you know, maybe the dog ate a couple, you know, he's probably a good measure for that as well. So if the shoebox works, let's run with the shoebox. Um,
0: What are the alternatives though?
1: (laughs) Well, and, you know, this is part of what we were going to talk about today. It's really about, you know, being proactive. Um, I know myself, I found that, you know, I use... A software program where the receipt is entered at the time. And it sounds silly, but you get the receipt from the petrol station, take a photo, punch it in, save it, it's done. It can't be lost, it can't be forgotten, and you're not getting to the end of the month or a quarter with two or three hundred entries to log in your MyOB or your Xero or whatever the program is that you use. So I find that if you just take that extra 30 seconds to do it when it happens... It makes the the continuity of what you're doing a lot easier and limits the time at the end of the month or, you know, whenever you do your stuff or, heavens forbid, you know, at the end of the year when... You know things aren't in the shoebox, and you go yeah. back eight months and oh, where did I do that? Where did I buy this one? And you know, so I think using technology is a positive, and and people shouldn't be scared with iPhones with the power they have. They're they, you know they're, that's it right there. There's your electronic shoebox.
0: Fantastic. So there's technology available to take the place of the shoebox, and it's getting easier all the time. Now mm. things have changed a bit over the years. Once upon a time, you'd have to make sure you had what used to be called your group certificate from your employer. Mm-hmm. You'd have to make sure you had all different pieces of uh, pay- paperwork. These days the ATO has already got that information anyway. Uh, mm. So a lot of that, you know, is a lot easier now than it used to be. So if you're using a shoebox or if you're yep. using some other method, yep. what do you actually need to keep?
1: Well, I think, as you say, they've done a very good job of integrating the key things um, and, and that obviously makes it easy for people that have limited situations where they need to go outside of a group certificate or something that's lodged with the ATO. The odd working boot Etc. Uh, Etc. Et um, for the self-employed people, obviously, you've got um, the receipts of expenses, things that have been purchased, and obviously, you're going to be running some sort of software to allocate them into the various category that's appropriate. Staying on top of that throughout the year, as we just touched on, gives you the ability to try and limit your downtime. And, and, and also, you need to keep in mind that the sharper you give it to your accountant, generally, the sharper the cost of the accounting work, Because if you can cut their work hours down, obviously they're billing you on a time-bated system in in most situations, that it it can be very beneficial for you to just do that little bit during the year. Income distributions from investments, So I've got here, um, bank statements, interest-bearing accounts, transactions for sale. So if you've bought or sold something, you need to obviously have that sort of
0: information ready for Mm, your accountant because- Especially if it's been shares or something like that. Yeah, that's
1: right. That or uh, say you've had an investment property and you may have a capital gains tax problem, um, you really want to have that at hand because if you need to address capital gains, now is when you could be making deductible contributions for a transaction that's been done throughout the year to try and mitigate- unnecessary tax. Um, Anything that you're going to bring forward, so anything that you've prepaid in relation to receipts. Now, prepaying at the moment are things like interest on gearing loans, investment loans, income protection, expenses, or as we said in in a show a couple of weeks ago, the instant asset write-off. So obviously things that you've purchased where you're going to claim that straight away in this financial year, make sure you've got all your acquisition or sale receipts. Um, Depreciation schedules. So make sure you've got a depreciation schedule for an investment property um, so that they can take that into account because depreciation can have a significant impact on your overall taxable income position. And study and work-related costs. Obviously, that one's important because generally where you're studying and you're incurring costs associated or related to your employment, most accountants will allow you to claim those expenses because there's a direct nexus between what you do and what you study.
0: Now, that's an interesting one, isn't it? Because if you're studying something that is related to your employment, then obviously you can claim that as a deduction. But sometimes you might be studying something just for the fun of it.
1: <laughs> and that's, yeah, exactly. And look, that's where, you know, I preface that with check with your accountant because if, you know, you're a builder and you're studying, you know, reflex reflexology, it might be very difficult to say that that's related to work.
0: Although maybe you aim to become a reflexologist and and so you're doing the study in order to improve your employment opportunities, even though you're not actually earning income from that at this point. But I guess that one is a question for the accountant. Exactly. And I think
1: they generally want to see a a clear nexus between what you're doing and what you're studying. Yeah. And also then just keep in mind that Maybe you pay it. Maybe your employer pays it. If your employer pays it, you don't want to be claiming it, or you could be potentially oh, double-dipping all, on all that sorts front. of
0: trouble with that. Correct. Yes, exactly. Now, of course, the difference between you and me is that you own your own business, and here I am. I'm working for a business, so I'm uh, you know paid a weekly wage or a salary, mm-hmm. whatever you like to call it. Um, there's some things I can claim as a wage earner, uh, like working in the radio. If I buy a new set of headphones, yep. I'm allowed to claim that right. um, as a tax deduction because it's part of my work expenses. If the company buys it for me, obviously I can't claim it because I didn't buy it. Uh, but uh, what sort of things do people who are in my situation, they're simply uh, a salaried or wage earning employee, uh, what sort of things do they need to keep in order to make those claims? Do they need to keep all the receipts too?
1: Yeah. Look, again, I think it's always best to think about if anyone ever questioned this, how would I prove it or defend it? So that's why I say, if you can keep the receipts and the proof of purchase, the proof of sale in relation to properties and assets, or anything that's work-related that you're going to claim, it's always easier that if someone comes knocking a little bit down the road and go, "Hey, show me the receipt for those headphones because you've claimed ten sets of headphones in the last four years." Mm-hmm. Now, that may or may not be possible, but oh, let's well, just we say go through a lot of headphones <laughs>
0: around here. Temper tantrums, you know. <laughs> I like
1: it. Um, yeah, so again, I, th- I always work on the basis that it's very easy or it's much easier to prove something with the receipt or the electronic copy yep. or whatever it may be um, than to say, oh, well, I did yep. and bring anything into question. So, and then,
0: of course, if you're in your position as you, are an owner of a business, there's more things you can claim, aren't there?
1: Well, again, it's, it's relevant to most situations. So it's always about, again, engaging with your accountant. And this is where a lot of people go, well, I'll just do it myself. Mm. But as somebody says regularly, you don't know what you don't know. Yes. Um, And that could be an instance where, you know, you may not know that you're missing out on a number of deductions that you could legitimately be entitled to, which could far outweigh... The cost of using an accountant, yes, and also the peace of mind and knowing that things are accurate, and you, you know you, you're bulletproofing your position um, from an accounting standpoint. So, and it's,
0: it's about getting the right professional advice from the right professional for the right purposes. At the yeah. you know it, it, obviously you get your car fixed by a properly qualified mechanic. Yep. If you need financial planning advice, we talk to Luke Smith. But if we need an accounting uh, uh, need any accounting advice, yep. we speak to an accountant.
1: Exactly, and that's that's where I think you need to engage with the party that is relevant for you. And just remember that you know not all. Accountants are the same. Yeah. Some are business specialists, some do mum and dad returns, some do small business. So find an accountant that's right for you and, and make them aware of your broader situation because the more information that you can give someone, the the more under, a better understanding you can have about what you can claim and what you need to keep and how you can streamline the processes. And that's where technology comes in with you know your zeros, your myobs, yeah. and even, even have a have a favourites folder in your phone.
0: Oh, okay. Take a yeah. photo of Good the receipt,
1: drag yeah. it in there you'll know what it's for, you can name it, you can label it, Evernote, any of those online programs where you can save things in the cloud. I find they're really handy for just quick snap on the phone. It's generally always in your hand. Um, Get the receipt, keep it, allocate it, name it, date it, do whatever you need to do for your records. And then you can stay on top of things and not let things well up and well up and well up, well up, well up. And then, oh, July, I'm going to spend all of July getting my stuff ready. Well, if you've done it progressively during the year, it's, it's not big and it's not scary. And you can try and, and, and be as cost effective with your accountant as possible.
0: Yeah. So we've already touched on this quite a bit but uh, obviously whether you use the shoebox or you're mm. using technology, um, it's about keeping things organised, keeping things where you will remember them and uh, obviously keeping everything safe and secure. There's a few other things that um, you can do to keep your things, your documentation organised yep. and not just leave it till the 30th of June to try to sort out the mess. Yep. Uh, one of the suggestions you've made here is you can email your accountant uh, during the year. You don't have to yeah. wait till June 30th. You can actually do this on a, yeah. a, a regular basis.
1: Yeah, well, at the end of the day, they just want to have all the information at hand when they get to sit down and do your stuff. So, you know, I, I do this myself. If something comes in, I know they're going to need it. I'll just shoot it over to my account and say, hey, drop this in the bucket for this year and I don't have to worry about trying to find it later because you go back searching through however many of tens of thousands of emails you may have in your inbox or if you change phones, you might lose some photos. So if, you, if you're uploading things to a client out and limiting the chances that you could lose something, I think staying in front of something is always more important or or better when you're trying to manage your time efficiently because we're all time poor and we've all got better things to be doing than than chasing things for our accountants. So
0: Yes, and you've also recommended the quarterly check of the shoebox, whether it's an actual shoebox mm. or even a virtual one, mm. instead of leaving it till the 30th yeah. of June, do it regularly.
1: Yeah, look, I think you know if you're early, then you're never late. And I I think this principle is exactly the same. If you can stay on top of things when you do them, when they're fresh in your mind, you know, and you think about going shopping yourself. If you walked out of Woolworths with a receipt, quick photo on the bench, throw it in the bin you've got it in the phone and if that's you need something off that, then you're always going to have it. So being prepared and being consistent, just like investing, good, consistent behaviours can provide efficiencies and, and, and more positive outcomes.
0: You've also got a couple of suggestions about how you make payments that can also help mm. you be more organised. Uh, one of them is to set up regular payments so it's a set and forget. You don't even have to think about it. It, does, yeah. it happens by itself. Yep. And the other one is uh, make payments annually where possible yep. so that you only have to record one transaction.
1: Exactly. So if you're going to pay something now, make an annual payment, you don't have to find 12 entries in a bank statement or whatever it may be in relation to what you have. And I find if you have everything come out on the first of the month or have a consistent date for all of your things so that you know if you're ever trawling back through a bank statement and the accountant says, oh, where can you find those headphones, you know, okay, it may have been entered on part of my work expenses that get taken out of my salary on the first of the month. It could be a depreciation, it could be anything. If you can try and have everything coming out on the similar day across the board, then you know you've got to have money in the account. You know it's when it's going to come out, and it's a lot easier to look for.
0: Just simple tricks to keep organised. Today we're talking about what you need to get ready for your accountant in uh, you know the next few days, really, because mm. the 30th of June is just around the corner. What you need to get ready for your accountant, of course, is your very best smile. You want your accountant to be on your side. <laughs> Listen, we've talked about uh, your shoebox, keeping all your documentation, how to keep it well uh, organised ahead of time. Uh, What are your top three tips for people to get things under control?
1: Look, I think the top three tips are things we talked about before the break. I think use technology. It's your friend. You know, the vast number of people live and die with their hand glued in, you know, their phone glued in their hand, so why not use it? If it's there, quick snap, save something Use technology, use a cloud, use, you know, your Evernote, your OneNote, something where you can just drop everything in there into one bucket, which is your electronic shoebox. If you're going to use the shoebox, keep using the shoebox and be consistent. You know what I mean? You might want to leave it on the bench at the front door because you don't want to miss the odd receipt because that can actually get quite expensive. Um Make annual payments for things where you can if they're they're ongoing and and make sure that a lot of things are automated so that you can also have things come out of one account. I find clients tell me that makes things easier as well. If they have all of their bills for something coming out of one account, they know they've only got one place to go and look at. So if you can centralise things and combine that with technology, I think you put yourself in a pretty good position to be able to be consistent because there's nothing more frustrating than looking back and looking and looking and knowing something's there... And murphy 's law says you can never find it, or you 've lost the email um, and be progressive, do it, do it as I said, do it, do it as it happens don 't let things accumulate if you can help it, because getting to the end of a month and having to try and reconcile you know one hundred and fifty receipts is no fun. No. Um, so I find if you if you do things along the way and just take that extra minute or two when the transaction happens. It's done you don't have to worry about it you've got your photo you've got your picture it's uploaded somewhere and you know you can stay on top of it um, and really just be consistent you know have those good behaviors we say the same with investing you know good consistent behaviors in relation to budgeting and saving um, same here if you're consistent and you change your behaviors and it doesn't become mature there's a greater likelihood that you know, you'll remain engaged with it, and you won't let it slip through the, yeah. you know, into a new financial year.
0: It's one of those arguments, like when do you do the washing up? Do you do it after yeah. every meal, or do you let it pile up until the end of the week and then do it all in one go? Mm. Now, uh, with your receipts and with your documentation, maybe you are a little too busy to do everything on the mo- on the spot in the moment, maybe. But mm. perhaps it's better to set up a regular schedule to take care of all this uh, once a week, or even just at the end of every day or something of that nature. Just be consistent. Exactly. So that you're always getting in front of the curve and not getting stuck behind the curve.
1: just don't let it go too far because then it gets too difficult and then you become disengaged and then it gets thrown to the side and, oh, that's got the better of me Um, and then... It actually sounds a lot like a naughty kid. <laughs> it sounds a lot like right. a naughty kid. You let it go too far, you can never rein it back in. Yeah. So.
0: Well, <laughs> we're, we're all naughty kids, just a bit older and not not necessarily wiser. Yeah,
1: well, you learn from your mistakes, don't <laughs> yes. you?
0: In theory, sometimes we exactly. do, sometimes we don't. Exactly we right. We do the best we can. Exactly right. So the bottom line for your visit to the accountant on the 30th yep. of June, or after the 30th of June, of course, uh, is to make sure you've got all of the documents, Documents you need, got them organised, and the more you can organise them yourself, the more money you'll save on the accountant's fee.
1: That's that's generally what I find. The easier they can make their job, then the better off everybody
0: is. Fantastic. So, if uh, anybody wants to get any more information, Luke, where do yep. they go?
1: So, give us a ring in the office six two six zero four seven four nine. Obviously, we've got the uh, knowledge centre on the website www.invisionfinancial That's envision with an e envisionfinancial we 've got all sorts of cash flow and, and 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 calculators and things that you could use in relation to a budget to you know get things under control um, we 've got the podcast obviously on itunes and and uh, and Spotify, that's the other one, <laughs> um, where we talk about the the show, and we've got the YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra, where we put all the key points of this. We pause it, you know, we get some takeouts. You can stop, watch it on the phone, and 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 don't have to worry about you know being in the car and driving at the same time. Um, so there's there's plenty of places people can get the information. So if you're ever unsure, just
0: just check one of those, or give us a ring. We can sort it out. Fantastic, Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Thanks very much. See you next week.